Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is time to celebrate your Christmas, Mahana, Kwanzaa, Diwali, whatever you celebrate. It's the wonderful holiday season, and we are going to kick off the show talking about a bunch of films. We're going to be talking about Bernie the Dolphin. Also, we're going to be talking about Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Instant Family, and The Green Book, and also Puppy Star Christmas. So right now we're here with the two stars of the up-and-coming wonderful family film, Bernie the, Bernie the Dolphin. We have here Lola Sotin in Los Angeles, California, and Logan Allen in Florida. Thank you so much, you two, for being on the show. Thank You're you. Welcome. Perfect. Synchronized right there. So um, I'm going to go talk to Logan right here. So um, Logan, um, tell us a little bit about what this film is. Yeah, so basically it's about these two kids, Kevin and Holly Ryan. And um, basically, they just hang out out at this cove whenever they got free time. It doesn't matter if it's after school or a free day. And um, basically, uh, there's two problems that go on in the film. Uh, They're best friends with all the animals at at the little cove, right? They got a whole camp set up. They're friends with the the dolphins, the the birds, uh, the turtles, everybody. So basically, one of the dolphins actually gets sunburned and is sent off to marine land. And another, and uh, there's also another problem that involves Winston Mills, played by Kevin Sorbo, and basically he's uh, plotting up an evil plan to take away our cove. So we're, uh, throughout the movie, we're trying to save Bernie alongside Marineland, and we're trying to stop Winston Mills. So it's it's a fantastic film about the environment and, of course, friendship. So what would you say? Um, let's go to Lola for this one. Um, what would you say was your most fondest memory of being on set? My most favorite moment of being on set was probably when you're at Marineland because there the dolphins were just so beautiful with all of the animals all there they were it was just probably like my favorite place ever fantastic and you were born and raised in California so how does it feel to come all the way over to Florida and film this well I've been to Florida a couple times I've been to Florida for vacation but it's I've never shot anything in Florida so this is new for me and I was expecting it to be warm and I kind of got let down on that but you know <laughs> uh Logan did you show Lola around the ropes being born and raised in Florida yeah you know we shot some of it in uh, in Clearwater Florida and uh, which is actually on the other side of the coast from uh, marine land which is in uh, St. Augustine. And, um, you know, I've, I've been there a few times, and uh, I think, you know, they had their GPS and everything ready, and I believe they actually went in there a few times for vacation in that specific area. So I think they kind of knew their way around. Uh, but we did show them around a little bit at, 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 in some places here and there. Fantastic. A lot of great films are filming in Florida. Florida's just a beautiful place to for stories and a lot of filmmakers coming over there, so it's a perfect place to film. So, um... Uh, Logan, what would you say is was your fondest memory about filming this movie? Um, probably this is probably the most fun cast and crew that I've worked with. I mean, it, it's it's like actually a second family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is actually my first film. I've done it. I've done a show, but it's my first ever film, and it was an an amazing experience. Um, everybody was so kind, so welcoming, and uh, you know, it's just so cool to have this connection with the whole entire crew and cast. I've never really had that before with another project. 
Certainly, and also not only that, but you you got to also work with a wonderful, talented dolphin as well, if if I'm correct. Yes, sir. Yep. So, um, how was that experience like? Uh, it was incredible. I've never worked with a dolphin before, and we got to do tricks with them. We got to feed them. We got to swim with them, and that's all thanks to Marineland. I mean, they were amazing. They were they were really, really, really welcoming. And Lola, what about you? How was your experience um, with the talented Bernie? Well, to be honest, when I was really small, like when I was four years old, I had been with dolphins. I've been with dolphins pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've kissed a dolphin at the age of two. I played with dolphins like when I was really small. I've I've pretty much been with dolphins forever. So, but I've never really like had a chance to really feed them, play with them, swim with them, do give tricks with them. So that was really exciting for me. That's fantastic. Wow. Definitely an interesting relationship. Kissed a dolphin when you were very young. So, wow, definitely have a very colored past with, with dolphins. Um, so the director of this film is Kirk Harris. Um, so, Logan, what was the, how was the collaboration with, um, with Kirk? Well, Kirk, he's, he's, he's a very unique director. I've never worked with a director. Like I said, this is the, the best crew and cast that I've ever worked with. He was so welcoming. We connected on a lot of levels, and I think that you can see that, you know, throughout the film. I mean, he... He was, he gave me freedom and he directed me. You can rarely find a director that does both. It's either one of one of one or uh, another. And he gave me both, and it and it really made my job easier on me. And I think that he, I mean he's just an incredible guy. And and the footage that I saw, he did an amazing job on it. Definitely, and of course, having a director give you enough freedom, and especially since. I don't know. I feel like some a lot of directors, from what I've heard, have have just sometimes they have they're stuck in their ways. But it's also great to be able to have that creative freedom and collaboration with their actors. So sounds great. Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Kiefer Blakesley. Today we're going to be talking about the films The Crimes of Grindelwald and also Puppy Star Christmas and Instant Family. This show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and The Kingdom of Madness. We're going to continue our conversation with Logan and Lola about Bernie the Dolphin. So, um, Lola, what would you say was the most challenging part of filming this movie? Well, to be honest, it was probably the weather and the clothing. Yeah. Because outside, it looks like it was, like, L.A. temperatures. But in reality, it's like, brr, it's freezing. It's <laughs> snowing. Except it really wasn't snowing. It looks like it's super warm, but it's not. But, so that was probably the hardest part, surviving the cold. But... And getting water, water yeah. is really important, and you're so cold with the water. But anyways, it's really, it was really nice. Just still, what temperature was a little small, but this time for the two, the sequel, it's gonna be warmer. So yay! See, that's the thing, Logan. We're we're, we're native to California, so like we're used to dry, hot weather, twenty four seven. Anything below seventy five degrees, and we're dying. So. I don't think Florida's not really the best place for people who are native of California. True. Yeah, yeah. It, well, you know, and, and, and we, I mean, t- to be honest, it I mean, it rarely, rarely gets cold here. I mean, it's getting colder and colder each year, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't, I, I know you guys over there, you're always used to the, to the heat. So uh, I know it was probably really challenging for, uh, for Lola. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, uh, what about you, Logan? What would you say was the most challenging part of, of this film? Uh, 
It was definitely, uh, it was a very fast-paced film. We had to uh, shoot it in, you know, a, a short range of time. I think it was definitely, the pace of the film was pretty quick, and I think on top of that, like Lola said, the weather. I mean, when you're, you know, when you're in the water and it's, you know, below uh, 65 or below 70, I, I mean, it's pretty cold, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think, and on top of that, you're, you're going and going and going. I think that it was a lot, but... I had, but just this, the excitement on set, the energy on set really kind of just pushed that all to the side. I mean, it was just a really fun set to be on and you looked forward to it every single day. That's what got me up out of bed. That's fantastic. And, um, Lola, what would you, um, for people who are going to go see this film, like how would you, how would you describe this film for people who want to go see it? Well, I would describe this film as fun kids and one word that the director, Kirk, Kirk, used to always tell us was like it's like a love story between the dolphins and the kids mm -hmm. it's, and it's like a family movie so and it's for any age so even if you're one year old or to 100 years old you can see it or anywhere in, within that range or anywhere more than that range you can still see it i'm hooked i'm totally hooked Laura. that's fantastic so um you guys are actually going to be starring, um, the film is coming out right now, so by the time this show is airing, this the film is already out, so please go check it out and also go on the website. But right now, you guys are actually currently filming uh, a sequel to this right now, in fact. So, um, Logan, how does it feel to maybe co to come back on set and continue the story? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's really exciting, and... Um... You know, uh, I've gotten the script and everything, and it's it's really, really incredible. And I think uh, the audiences, especially after the first one, we're, we're really going to be excited for this one, especially how quick it's coming out after. Um, and I, I think it's, I mean, it's just, it's incredible to be back. You know, I mean, it's mostly the same crew. It's the same cast. It's just, it's going to be good to see the, uh, you know, the second family again. It's just, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be really, really exciting. And Lola, what are you most excited for to coming back on set? all the cast and to see all the crew but i'm really excited to see like go back to florida because now i kind of miss it with all the dolphins and all that and then i come back here and there's no dolphins so a little disappointing but you know that's but, yeah that's fantastic um so um logan just going back, because you said this was your first feature film, and now you're making your second feature film. Uh, what would you say was the... How did you feel like you've grown as an actor going from television to film? Uh, well, you know, it, it's definitely a, uh, a, a big change. Like I said, uh, you know, w with television on on the show I was, it was a lot... I mean, you know, you had, you had a longer time to shoot, to shoot everything, so it was kind of more of a slow pace. And, and jumping into this, it was, it was a kind of a, a fast-paced thing. And I think... Doing that, you know, and like I said, the crew was so amazing. I got to really see every day on what they did behind the camera. With, with television, they just brought me in and brought me right out back to my, you know, trailer and everything. With this, I got to sit behind the scenes. Even if I wasn't in the scene, I got to look and see how the camera works, how, uh, you know, hair and makeup does their thing, how, uh, you know, the, the continuity people work. I mean, it was just a really fun thing to, uh, to see all the departments come together, which I didn't actually experience on the uh, show I was on. Well, it sounds like both of you had such a great time, and, I, and your your fun and passion about this film, we definitely will show um, when people go check out the film. So thank you so much, you two, for talking about Bernie the Dolphin. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
You can see Lolo Sultan and Logan Allen star in the next in the family-friendly film, Bernie the Dolphin. Be sure to go check out the website, BernieTheDolphinFilm.com, to check out information, also where the newest theater that's showing it. So please go check it out. With that said, I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley. Let's take a break, and this show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and the Kingdom of Madness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking to the stars of the film, Bernie the Dolphin. Now we're going to switch gears and go behind the camera and talk to Robert Vince, who's the director of Puppy Star Christmas. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I've been making family movies, uh, gosh, I don't know how many now, but certainly, uh, I think it's like 20-something family movies, maybe more. I think there's uh, the Air, Air Bud series is uh, of five movies, and Air Buddies is seven, and uh, Santa Paws is too. So, you know, I made, I made a lot of family movies and uh, that's, that's what I love to do. Now, what do you really like to do about it? Like what, what was your main attraction to family movies since the beginning? I think just the, the impact of uh, putting out positive messages for kids and families. I mean, our movies are meant to be co-viewed uh, uh, parents and, and their, their children together. And, uh, while they're entertaining and funny and fun, they they all have uh, very uh, important themes connected to them. And uh, and Puppy Star Christmas, it's it's all about redemption. Well, I feel like your films definitely do that. And can you talk a little bit more about the moral of redemption and how it plays into the story? Well, it's our fourth movie, and and uh, the character, our, our, our alleged bad guy character, we find are really had uh, issues as a, as a little boy and uh, that sort of uh, it sort of wraps up the journey of, of Roland and it's all about his journey um, uh, and and the ability uh, as an adult to to put the hurt that occurred as a child when when he was uh, thought he was receiving uh, coal because he was naughty but really in the end of the day it was because uh, the it was it was his presence was being taken away from the lady at the orphanage. So that's one character in redemption. We have Julio, who's another fun character in our movies, who's uh, who's a narcissistic uh, telenovela star, 
um, and, and his journey of redemption. And then of course our puppies aren't always good. And even though they're, they're young puppies and they make mistakes and, 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 and they learn and grow from their mistakes, but they get to redeem themselves as well in the movie. So that's sort of a central theme of the movie. And, and the focus is all about redemption, but of course it's all built around Christmas and the importance of Christmas and the importance of the family. And, uh, and that's what the movie is to convey. You know, I just have to give kudos to t- tackling a lot of very serious and very adult topics in a kid's film. That's meant for a family. That's, that's really great, and I think it's very good to teach kids about that early on. And my next question is, a lot of it is voiceover because, sadly, to- dogs and puppies do not talk in real life. So it has to be done afterwards in voiceover. For you as the director, was it ever difficult to kind of play with that situation where half the time the voices are actually going to be done afterwards? Well, I mean, first of all, um, it's a little different than voiceover. Voiceover doesn't have the, we use a lot of visual effects, so our characters, our animal characters in the movies actually do talk, um, and uh, and we make that. So, uh, no, we record ahead of time before we even start shooting, so the characters are very much in my head. Um, and what they're going to say is very much something that we uh, think about, just like they do in, in animation, record ahead of time. So it's not really difficult, in fact, Doing it that way gives you a lot of latitude because when um, when things um, when you see opportunities on the set uh, later on uh, in the editing room, you can uh, change uh, the animation, change the dialogue, make it funnier, make it more impactful. If you're trying to create uh, positive messages that that aren't coming across as well as they should, so you have you have a lot of uh, additional uh, time to really perfect the writing, really perfect the performances and make the, the movie as good as possible. And, and I think that we do a lot of that, you know, it's, 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 it's the advantage of the, of having talking animals and being able to use visual effects to create, the, create them uh, speaking. Absolutely. It is really amazing what visual effects has done for films because in times of Airbud, we didn't really have that. We could have tried to do that, but with the quality we have with Puppy Star Christmas now, it's really incredible how much it's improved in such a short amount of time. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice Mary Kids Network. And right now we're talking to Robert Vince, who is the director of Puppy Star Christmas. And I want to take a quick second to go away from Puppy Star Christmas. And let's talk about that Disney show that you mentioned. Uh, can you remind me what the title of, of it was again? Uh, it, it's called Pup Academy. It's, it's essentially uh, Hogwarts for puppies. And, uh, when, uh, you know, when, you're, uh, when you go off to school as a, as a kid, your, your puppy goes off to school, too. Oh, that sounds amazing. And can you give any information about when they'll be releasing? Uh, we don't have that, that date yet. That's being determined by, by Disney, and uh, we don't have it right now. We're just in the middle of shooting it, and, uh, and <laughs> so I have a long way to go still because, again, it's uh, all uh, live action, talking animals, multiple visual effects. It's a type of series. It's never, you know, what we do in movies, we're doing for the series, and that's never been done before for a series. So it's a, it's a big undertaking, and the, and uh, the creator, Anna McRoberts, uh, who I'm working with, has done an amazing job with it. And I can hear it's really busy. So I just want to ask: so for Puppy Star, now for Pub Academy, what's a normal day on set for you as the director? It's, it's uh, so the way to. You know, to think about it is, first of all, um, every single shot is either, it, it has an animal in it, has visual effects in it. And uh, so our movies are, uh, and series are incredibly complicated from a technical perspective, not just creative, but technically. So we, uh, they're not like any other um, 
uh, shows you would shoot. I mean, if I was shooting uh, human uh, live action humans, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I'd be uh, so relaxed. So it, it, it has a it has a, a very technical component to what we do. And then on the other hand, I'm I'm uh, dealing with uh, puppies all day on set, which are incredibly funny and fun, and the trainers are amazing. And so it's kind of got both a, a very technical aspect to it and a very fun aspect to it. And I try to focus on the fun because the technical after a while drives you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. With puppies on set, you can't not have fun with them. Yeah, of course. Of course. And the kids are amazing too, you know. So I mean, I, every, every, our, our whole mission—we only at Airbud Entertainment—we only make one type of movie or one type of series, which is live-action uh, family movies that parents and kids want to watch together, and that's that's how we uh, how we define ourselves, and that's what we love to do. It's not something we do by accident; it's something that we do by choice and and really enjoy. Well, you definitely have excelled in that genre of filmmaking. And for kids out there who want to be a director as you do, or maybe specifically make family films like you do, what tips would you give them to be able to achieve that? Well, I think it's it's uh, positive storytelling. So I think that the most important thing that we do is uh, all our messages, as I said, uh, have to be in, uh, you know impactful and, and positive, and storytelling is key. It's not visual effects. It's not anything else. I mean, the visual effects are part of it. It's about... Uh, it's about great storytelling, and that's that's really what we're we're after. Is a because because kids watch movies over and over and over again if they like them, and we certainly you know everybody was done over twenty years ago, and still is relevant today, which is uh, it, fun and, and and funny in some ways. And uh, so it, it you know it, it's about creating uh, movies and series that have timeless values, and that and that's what we're attempting to do. At, at all times. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but but the, the Netflix uh, just released um, uh, Puppy Star uh, Christmas and, and November 20th. So, and we've had huge results. As a re, you know, it's the type of movie that that people want to watch with their with their family, and and that's really what Netflix wants from us. That's what all our partners, Disney and so on, want from us as well. Is a movie that people are going to watch with their family. Well, thank you so much. I know you need to get back to set, so I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Robert, for speaking to me about Puppy Star Christmas. All right. My my pleasure. Thank you very much. Of course. Let's take a break to the audience. If you'd like to check out Puppy Star Christmas, definitely check it out on Netflix or somewhere else. Or check out or keep an eye out for Pub Academy. I definitely will myself. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kiss First. And this week's show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and the King of Madness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got done talking to Robert Vince about Puppy Star Christmas, and also we talked to the wonderful Lola Sultan and Logan Allen on Bernie the Dolphin, so please be sure to go back and listen to those. Right now, we're going to talk to Jolene about Puppy Star Christmas, and later we're going to talk to her also with Arjun about Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. So, Jolene, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for interviewing me. Of course, it's my pleasure, and in fact, it's my job. Hello. So, um, tell us a little bit about what Puppy Star Christmas is. Well, Puppy Star Christmas is the fourth film in their sequel, and um, Tiny and P.U.P., the main characters in the story, um, they have puppies, which is why it's called Puppy Star Christmas. And um, the film continues with um, Tiny and P.U.P. after the Pup Star show, they are really famous, and they don't really have a lot of time to care for their puppies. So some problems arise, and they have um, problems again with Bark and his henchmen who try to ruin everything for them all over again. Well, since it's being the fourth installation of the Puppy Star franchise, uh, what, how does this one compare to the other films? Um, I like this film a lot more mainly because there's um, a lot going on and I love how there's many different stories within one movie and it was really interesting to see what was happening to let's say Tiny and P.U.P. while they were at home versus what was going on with the pups and the anticipation of Tiny and P.U.P. coming home to see what the pups have done. Fantastic. So being it, it is a perfect time for this film to come out because it is the most wonderful time of the year. So how is, what do you feel like makes a good holiday film? Um, a good holiday film should definitely bring the family together like this film does. It's all based around family and this film um, really pushes the true meaning of Christmas, which I think is essential in any Christmas film. Um, but yeah, the true meaning of Christmas is a moral that's that's really pushed in a lot of Christmas movies, but it's one that people still don't understand. So I love that they're still pushing it, and they do it in a different way. So the pups are being very, very curious, like they don't mean to be bad, but in the end, they realize what they've done, and even though it's embarrassing to say that you've done wrong, it's good to always apologize. And when Christmas comes around, the family is always together, no matter what, which is perfect for Christmas holiday. Wonderful. So what would you say was your favorite part about this film? My favorite part about this film was definitely when the pups got into trouble because um, 
I don't know how they do it, but the looks on the pups' faces are so cute and they look so innocent, even though they did something really bad. I just love seeing their faces. I mean, this film has everything I love. It has Christmas and it has puppies. It's put in some Winchell's donuts and some tea and then it's my heaven. It is <laughs> sounds like everything I need in this film. Uh, so what would you say is your favorite puppy in this film? Oh, <laughs> you can't make me choose a favorite puppy. I can't, um, I will. I mean, I like all of them, but, like, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite would be probably Rose, Rosie, because first, that's my dog's name. <laughs> and also, um, she's really, I love her confidence. She's so confident with herself. She always is bringing herself up. And I love how she's always putting herself out there and she's never embarrassed. Even when she does make a mistake, she's always she's always trying to make sure that she does it gracefully and in style. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what would you say this film teaches us? Um, this film teaches us the true meaning of the Christmas spirit because the puppies, like I said, they get into a lot of trouble and in the end, they own up to their mistakes. And during Christmas time, they're all together. And no matter what happened, no matter how much trouble they got into, everyone forgave each other. And it was just really nice to see everyone coming together for Christmas time because that's what Christmas is all about bringing people together and enjoying each other's company. I agree. It's, it's truly a magical time, um, whether you celebrate. Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Diwali. It's, it's just a magical time of the year. So it's wonderful. So uh, how many stars would you give this film? And what would you say is the age recommendation? I give this film five out of five stars and recommend it for the ages of five all the way to 18. Even adults would enjoy this Christmas um, film. Lovely, lovely, absolutely lovely. Uh, and before we, um, we go, before we transition, what, what would you say... Um, for this film, um, if you were to describe this film in three words, what would it be? Um, heartwarming, heartwarming, adorable, and, um, swaggy because of Brody and P.U.P. They're so swaggy together. <laughs> swaggy. Swaggy yes. for a Christmas film. I love it. So perfect. Three perfect words. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and the Kingdom of Madness. We're gonna continue we're gonna switch over to Arjun and Jolene to talk about the new um, the sequel to the Fantastic Beast franchise, which is Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I'm hearing so many people pronounce it differently. Thank you so much, YouTube, for being on the show, and thank you, Arjun, for being on here. So, um, Jolene, let's talk about um, the Fantastic Beasts. So, have you seen the first film? Yes, of course. Huge Harry Potter fan. All right, and being a huge Harry Potter fan, how <laughs> did you feel like this this sequel um, attested? Um, I really like this the sequel to it. Um, I th I don't know. For me, I felt like it was cut short, but I think it's around the same time as the same duration as the first one. Yeah. But um, I guess a lot happened really fast, and um, no spoilers, but the ending is super shocking, and 
I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's really, I'm scared. I'm scared for the next one. I, I hear five more movies? Yeah, so... there's three books, but they're creating five movies. Okay, all right. So we have a lot to look forward to. Um, Arya June, so what did you think of The Crimes of Grindelwald? Huge Harry Potter fan here, like she is, and... I have to say that I like the movie, but I think it could have been much better. I feel like it stays true to the lore and the world they're building, but the movie just feels like more of a stalling ground. Stalling ground, And at times it even feels like a cash grab just to put a bunch of Harry Potter, you know, mer- merchandise around and all that kind of stuff. I do feel that Johnny Depp gives a great performance and Jude Law as young Dumbledore. Just wow. So I, I got decided to see this film too. Uh, I got to see it with a couple couple friends of mine. One who has never seen any of the Harry Potter films and one who has seen all the Harry Potter films but hasn't seen Fantastic Beasts. And I've seen all of them. So it was an interesting mix of group to see it. And I got to admit, I was bored. Did anybody else feel that way? Jolene? Oh, I was not bored at all. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. Um, there are definitely some repeats, like um, when Credence turns back into his black form. Like, we've seen that um, CGI before, but there are definitely way more different CGI. And there was new animals that were introduced. And there was, like, this whole battle scene. And Grindelwald has this, like, blue fire that just, like, disintegrates anyone who touches it. Um, I don't know. I didn't think it was boring. I feel like it went by really fast. Arjun, do you disagree with me as well? I don't really disagree with you. I don't feel like it's a boring movie all throughout. There's a bunch of just really great moments placed. Um, I would say, yeah, there's a lot of great moments in the movie. But I have to be, I have to be, be honest with you. The, when the movie started off, it took a while for it to get going, and I don't feel like, I didn't feel like it was until the last twenty minutes where I said, you know what, it, it's a, it's an okay movie. Now, I got to say, actually, it's kind of the reverse for me. I thought the first 10 minutes of the film was just like, whoa, okay, now we're getting started. And then it just went, I, I love the world building, continue, continue the world building. I still love the characters. I don't know. I just feel like once it's it started out pretty good, and then it just, there were just moments. And there were very long moments where it's just like, come on, let's get on with it. And, and I'm okay with character development and exposition, but like it's just like, let's go. And then finally we had a kind of a convoluted twist, which of course we're not going to spoil here, but it just for me was kind of convoluted. But moving forward, because again, it's still continuing a storyline and there may be some duds in between films. Do you see, um, like what kind of potential do you see in these films? Let's go with Jolene. Um, I haven't, I have not read the other Fantastic Beasts book. So I actually I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I feel like definitely with this film, it ended at like a huge cliffhanger. So I feel like the next one has got to really show a lot. And um, I feel like the next one should be interesting. And um, for this film, I saw a lot of Easter eggs. And I think in the next one, there will be even more than this one. That's what I'm hoping for and expecting. Um, This one, the Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindelwald, this one was, I feel like, a little bit less 
than the first one, but it was still interesting to me. But I am definitely expecting way more for the third one. And I feel like this one kind of set up the third one to be even better. I agree. I feel like it's it's just a setup film. And unfortunately, that means that it's, it, it's not as quite as good as the first one. But let's hope for the next one. Arjun, how many stars did you give this film, buddy? Um, I would give this a 3.5 out of 5 stars. Uh, like you did say earlier, I do feel like it starts off really well. I just feel like after the first 10 minutes and even in the last 20 minutes, there really isn't too much to the movie. It it just kind of feels like set up for the next movie and feels very stalling. Um, and I feel that's the movie's biggest problem. It, it just kind of just stands still and doesn't really do much. Understood. And Jolene, I think you slightly disagree. How many stars do you give this film and what would you say is the age range? Five out of five stars. <laughs> and <laughs> I recommend it for the ages of maybe like nine to 18 and adults because I feel like some parts might be a little bit scary for children, especially like all the flashing of lights, like a whole tongue comes out of his mouth. So nine to 18. Well, wonderful. Well, I can't wait um, for the next Fantastic Beast. Even though I was not completely enthralled with this one, I still, I'm, I'm Harry Potter nut no matter what. And you know what? Darn it, I can't wait for what J.K. Rowling has next. So thank you so much, you two, for talking about Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Thank you for talking with us. No problem. If you want to go check out this film, please go check it out in theaters now. And if you haven't seen any of the Harry Potter films, guess what? Sci-Fi and USA are having a a marathon of Harry Potter films, so go check that out and take a whole day out of your life to go binge watch all of that because that's literally 24 hours, if not like days. <laughs> you won't regret watch. it. But yeah. you won't regret it. You gotta go see them. And you know what? I'm solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and the Kingdom of Madness. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. It is the festive season, so we're going to be talking about a festive Harry Potter event inspired by the last segment. We're going to be talking to Jolene about it. It's the Universal Studios Harry Potter Christmas. So, Jolene, just tell us all about this Christmas-filled event. Okay, so we got to Universal Studios, and I felt very VIP because there was a secret entrance in the backstage area, and we got to cut through there. And then we arrived, um, we came out through the, the staff area and we entered into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And so we camped out, you know, on the stage where the frog choir performs, we got to go onto the stage and um, we were able to get a higher and better view of the Hogwarts castle because um, it was the first day, I think it was the first day that they were having the light show and the light show, um, the light show was fantastic. It was really realistic. The lights wrapped around the castle, and I couldn't believe that it was just lights. It looked like someone had really gone up there, or there was actually a wizard flying around the castle. So that was really amazing to see. Um, there were even fireworks that went along with the light show. Um, everyone enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Everyone had their phones out. Everyone was like laughing, and at the end, there was huge applause. Even the Christmas trees around it, the lights were in sync with the light show. And then after that, um, there were multiple snowfalls. After um, I think it was every like twenty minutes in Hogsmeade, there were there was so much snow. Um, we got so much wonderful footage of the snow there. Um, some of it got into my brother's eye and apparently he said it's something like soap so um yeah be careful (laughs) (laughs) be careful um but try to keep your eyes open because it really is beautiful I was amazed at how much it looked like snow and how much of the snow substance there was it was really magical and overall I just really enjoyed it and it really got me into into the Christmas spirit, even though it's still November. It well, was I'm sure, and it, it really sounds like an incredible event. Now, something that kind of relates to it is I know Disneyland does a lot of big, big firework shows. It has a huge Christmas tree and everything for Christmas. Have you been to that? Do you would, How would you say it kind of relates to that experience? Um, I actually have not been to Disneyland during the Christmas time, but I have seen their fireworks, and um, I think... It relates because they both have a lot of Christmas decorations, I'm sure. And with the fireworks, um, the Hogwarts Castle light show, they did have fireworks that went with it. But I feel like Disneyland, their main thing is just the fireworks. So their fireworks are more, more variety, lots of bigger fireworks. But for Universal Studios, there was this whole light show banners went up the Hogwarts castle looked like it was alive it looked like there were people inside of it you could just imagine all the students inside of there and imagine like you you would imagine yourself being in there and hoping that you would one day go to Hogwarts and um plus the fireworks so I thought that was really truly magical that does sound really magical and of course like you said it is Harry Potter specific so what kind of Harry Potter things did you see there? I know you kind of mentioned Hogwarts was all decorated. Was there any other attractions? Because when you go to the Harry Potter world or whatever it's called uh, at Universal Studios Hollywood, there's a lot of cool things to do. So is there anything special you could do? Yes, I 
especially enjoyed, um, they had new food items at the Three Broomsticks restaurant. So um, I got to get some hot butterbeer. I love the hot butterbeer more than the, because year round they serve the hot butterbeer. No, year round they serve the cold butterbeer or you can get the frozen butterbeer. But only for Christmas time, they serve the hot butterbeer. And I feel like that's much better than the frozen butterbeers or cold butterbeers. That's the way butterbeer is supposed to be. And they also have, um, they have this new, this new dish called the, ho- the Great Holiday Feast. I think it serves up to like four people. And there are a lot of people in the restaurant having a good time. It was super warm in the restaurant. When it's cold outside, they were eating together. And I think um, it just really sets the setting for Christmas and the spirit of place there is really warm and comforting and you truly feel like you are in hog in actual Hogsmeade and you feel like it is Christmas it's December well that is just really phenomenal thank you so much Jolene for talking to us about this wonderful experience you got to enjoy thank you so much of course you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and right now we are going to switch gears and talk about a brand new comedy called Instant Family with Callista. How are you doing today, Callista? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, what did you think about this comedy? I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like I should clarify that my mom used to work in the foster. My mom used to work uh, in the foster care system, and I've helped out a charity that supports foster kids. So I'm a little bit biased on this because I have a lot of experience meeting foster kids and stuff like that. So this movie was kind of special to me. Well, you know, I was watching the trailers and of course the trailers are cherry picked and everything, but I thought it was going to be a really funny film. I honestly really enjoyed the jokes and the story itself was really interesting. So did it live up to its hype or did you think it could have improved at all? I do feel like there were some issues with the comedy, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's very good to hear. And what would you say about the acting? Because, of course, when you have a comedy, the most important things, arguably, are the script and the actors. So what would you say about the acting? There were some really good actors in this movie, specifically the foster kids I really enjoyed. Of course, though, I do have to mention that Octavia Spencer is in this movie because for some reason, every single time she's in a movie, it just instantly makes it better for me. (laughs) I think that applies to everybody who watches films with Octavia Spencer. She's just that great of an actress. And and you said you have some experience with the foster system yourself. So would you say this creates a realistic, I know it's comedy, but would you say it creates a realistic image of the foster system? I've met foster kids i have not been in the foster care system but the but from what i but from what i know like just being like just going to foster homes and asking my mom about stuff like this it is pretty accurate and what would you think about the story do you feel like it entertains it's creative or do you think it kind of has a cool concept but it's very simple because sometimes that can happen to comedy sadly I guess you can say it is simple because with a story about foster kids, I don't feel like there is really much you could do. 
But even then, it is still a very entertaining film. So even if it does sort of have a simple concept, it is still kind of unique considering that surprisingly, there aren't a lot of films about foster kids, which actually kind of surprised me because it feels like perfect material for both comedy and drama, which, you know, this film actually pulls off both pretty well. So absolutely. And yeah, I do see it as a dramedy. So how did it mix it? Because it is very hard to go from a very dramatic, sad moment to a quick joke or a quick skit. For the most of the film, I would say that it's primarily comedy, but there are hints of drama in certain places. There are a lot of scenes of characters arguing, and there are some tense moments. But mostly the tense moments are sprinkled in through the middle, but then they get really more intense towards the climax and the conclusion, stuff like that, obviously. But I feel like the fact that you things are sort of tense from the beginning, when like as soon as uh, the parents decide to taking the foster kids things get sort of tense so the fact that it's like somewhat tense all the time though somewhat still comedic it kind of like makes the transition not total whiplash well that's very good to hear and how many stars would you give this film i would give this film four out of five stars and why is that because while i did really much enjoy it there were certain jokes that just kind of felt a bit harsh to me and the parents while I will admit they do get better towards the end of the film, at the beginning they are incredibly unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that from the trailers. They do have some tendencies that may be a little unlikable, but I'm glad they do have a bit of an arc. And this does look slightly mature, so what age range would you give it? Uh, I would give this film 13 uh, to 18, because it is also PG-13, so... Well, there you go. Thank you so much for talking to me, Callista, about Instant Family. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. For our viewers, it's out now, so definitely check it out. It could still be a fun night. It looks like a very enjoyable film to me. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases, and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check our blog on the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. And this week's show is sponsored by Howard Lovecraft and the Kingdom of Madness. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.